Hey, it's Danielle. Would you like a $50 Amazon gift card? Here is how you enter a chance to win. Right now, Failing Motherhood is turning four years old, and it's almost Mother's Day, so we're doing an annual drive for ratings and reviews, which are huge for search rankings, for potential listeners to find us, and for them to size up the quality of the podcast. So if you have been enjoying Failing Motherhood, whether this is your first few times listening or you've been here the whole time, I'm offering extra incentive to put in a quick two to three sentence review inside Apple. When you leave yours, screenshot it and then send it to me over Instagram DM or email. And I am going to give one listener that leaves a review a $50 Amazon gift card on Mother's Day. We have some really exciting failing fatherhood episodes coming up. So please follow the podcast if you haven't yet and leave that rating or review so that more moms and more parents know they are not alone if they feel like they're failing their child on a daily basis. We need each other and I'm so grateful you are here. Ever feel like you suck at this job, motherhood I mean, have too much anxiety and not enough patience, too much yelling, not enough play, there's no manual, no village, no guarantees. The stakes are high, we want so badly to get it right, but this is survival mode, we're just trying to make it to bedtime. So if you're full of mom guilt, your temper scares you, you feel like you're screwing everything up and you're afraid to admit any of those things out loud. This podcast is for you. This is Failing Motherhood. I'm Danielle Batman, and each week we'll chat with a mom ready to be real, sharing her insecurities, her fears, her failures, and her wins. We do not have it all figured out. That's not the goal. The goal is to remind you, you are the mom your kids need. They need what you have, you are good enough, and you're not alone. I hope you pop in earbuds, somehow sneak away, and get ready to hear some hope from the trenches. You belong here, friend. We're so glad you're here. Hey, it's Danielle. Welcome back to Failing Motherhood. Today's episode is coming out one day late this week after Memorial Day because number one, it feels like a Monday even though it's a Tuesday. And number three, well, what am I even... I'm not even counting what is happening. My brain feels like I'm coming back from like a long vacation, even though it's just been a long weekend, but it was a really, really full weekend with our family. Like school got out last Thursday. We went uh, summer clothing shopping uh, with the girls. We had our first family bike ride. Our youngest finally learned how to ride her bike and uh, my husband actually got his own bike and so he could finally do that. And we did some pressure washing of our deck. That was an undertaking. Super rewarding, though. It looks great. And he did some grilling. And uh, we just got to, like, get a bunch of little projects done that just feels so good. And the weather is gorgeous. And I just love this time of year. Feels like a breath of fresh air, literally and figuratively. So I hope you are feeling that fresh start yourself. I hope that you are moving into easier days, maybe uh, less asked of you and more that is of your choice. 
um, adding into your schedule. And I'm just really excited because wholeheartedly calm right now. I'm just going to be honest. I don't like, I don't need to give you the whole rigmarole of how amazing it is, but the group I have right now is genuinely so good. Like so fun to work with. They are so like self-directed self-starters. They are taking things on, asking so many questions, supporting each other, supporting their partner. Oh, it has been so good. They've been asking fantastic questions, which I've been writing down to be able to share with you here on the podcast as well. So look for that in the coming weeks. Uh, just little little things like what to do when your kids say this is unfair and what to do about apologies and just lots of lots of little things. But Today, what I want to talk about is something bigger. And I feel like when, especially if you are into researching parenting and follow a lot of Instagram accounts, you're going to see a lot of content that is getting, going to get you lost in the minutia of the day to day. You just get lost in the tiny little, you know, don't say this, but say this type of shifts. And they're just, giving you so many reasons to feel like you are failing and forgetting. And as much as you want to know the what and the how, if you don't understand the why and you don't know how it fits into this bigger picture or umbrella, it's still going to be really hard, especially if you are pushed to the brink, if it is not working, or you get any type of resistance or pushback from your partner or from other caregivers in your life, you're not going to know how to explain it or defend it. And so it's just going to crumble and it's going to crumble with uh, time. It's going to crumble with consistency and you're not going to be able to stick to it at all. And yes, some of those, you know, don't say this, but say this shifts are very important. And the semantics of our words are very powerful. And there are a lot of very digestible, tiny little tips and tricks that uh, change your life. I totally recommend it and guarantee it. And what I want to be able to do on today's episode is help you zoom out, see the big picture of parenting in a little bit of a new light, and help you understand one of the biggest shifts you can make in your parenting as a whole. And this applies to all parents, not just parents of strong-willed kids. And this shift alone could like 10x your influence and effectiveness as a parent if you truly are able to implement this. It helps you just shift your approach entirely, not just from one step forward or trying to align with like a certain brand of parenting. This is just one thing you can do to look at it differently and see everything in a new light. So what I'm going to dive into is the before and after. The before of kind of what your default might be, what your instincts might be that you were given of how to parent, and kind of like the three or four step process that you subconsciously or unconsciously might be in and using right now. And the kind of the the mantra or the understanding of what that is all about, what the big picture kind of takeaway is. And then we're going to dive into the after, the what we want to shift 
towards, what it could be as an alternate or as a substitute, and what the three or four step process would be instead, and what that main takeaway is that kind of sums it up. And so we're going to, I'm going to paint one picture and then I'm going to paint the other picture and then we're going to be able to put them side by side. And being able to kind of do the contrast and compare is what really makes this effective because I could throw out just the after and you're like, oh, that's nice and lovely, but I don't see how that either applies to me or what I need to actually question or subtract from my own parenting and where this subs in. So that's what I'm going to help you understand right now. Okay. So let's dive into the before. What is the default, the instinct, the overall generalized idea that we may or may not have even realized we were given? Okay. So parenting tends to be a lot of do this, And don't do this in the moment. You may or may not have heard me talk about this before, but the moment of the most influence is not right in the middle of intervening for a behavior. It is all the moments before and after. But the thought that we're given is that that moment, by through behaviorism, is the most important. And you either, you know, what you do in that moment decides whether or not that behavior is going to continue. So it's a lot of, do this, don't do this in the moment. And in the moment, step one, you're usually going to react, right? Usually not a whole lot of intentionality or mindfulness that comes out through that reaction because it is really visceral and it is at most times activating some sort of trigger within us that creates a fight or flight response and we're feeling attacked or we're feeling in in danger or embarrassed or shamed or or worried or fear. And so that reaction comes up first. Then we shift to a direction, right? That don't do that or do this. And we're trying to communicate what needs to change now. Then we usually follow that up with an explanation, right? It's a sp- I know a lot of parents that are working to parent differently than they were parented are trying to use a lot of logic and reasoning to be able to help their kids understand the why out of great intentions, right? Because they're not trying to create this power over dynamic of do it because I said so. And so they're trying to explain why, right? You can't hit your sister. We don't do that in our family, all those types of um, explanation or logic of you can't go outside because it's raining and, you know, like yada, yada, yada. So we have a reaction, we have a direction, we have an explanation. And then the optional fourth step, which is leading into the road we don't want to take, but may end up taking a lot of the times, which is some sort of coercing, manipulating, or debating to try to get them to change their behavior. We don't love it, but sometimes it just feels necessary, right? So that four-step process, again, is a reaction, a direction, an explanation, and then all of the fun coercing that follows or manipulating or negotiating or just trying to get them to do what we need them to do, right, to get their cooperation. And so 
what that takeaway is of that kind of four-step default process of parenting is the takeaway or maybe the message that your child is receiving is you understand me. That's what you're saying to your child. Understand me. Okay, so all of that, do this, don't do this, reacting and then explaining and then coercing, you're coming from a place of the message received is, you need to understand me. Okay? So that's me painting the picture of the before, right? That you may or may not have consciously subscribed to, but for the most part is there. That might be how you were parented. That might be just some of the press. And this might not, you know, the words might not be perfect to describe your experience, okay? But I'm just trying to create a comparison. So if that's the before, what is the alternative? How would you possibly look at that paradigm any differently? Okay, so now we're going to look into a different four steps and a different takeaway message. The first shift is that change from believing the moment of the most influence is when and right after a behavior occurs. It's simply not true because your child is not in a teachable state and you are not in a teacher mentality. No one is learning a lesson in that moment. It is survival mode. It is a moment to respond to emotion, not logic, and It does not create the dynamic of what will happen again next time because humans are nuanced creatures. (laughs) We are not lab rats, okay? Our kids are not just responding to a Pavlov-type experiment. They are actually very deep creatures and beings that have motives way beyond the external, what do I get, okay? So that's one big shift. But what would be the four steps then that would we would do instead number one explaining before a behavior occurs okay that's the biggest paradigm jump so far explaining we're not step one reacting step one is instead explaining expectations and agenda before a behavior ever has the chance to occur this is using the moment of in, that has more influence, which is the neutral times before and after, a, or way before and way after a behavior occurs. And it's tapping into when your child is most teachable. And you're creating a runway and a heads up so that you're aligning expectations ahead of time, which is huge for allowing your child to have a felt sense of control and predictability in their daily life. So step one is explaining way before the behavior could occur. Then step two would be validate in the moment of an emotional reaction or when a behavior is occurring. You are not agreeing with them. You are still holding boundaries, but you are validating what their lived experience is in that moment, the message that they're trying to send If their behavior is communication, you are saying, I hear you, okay? And it's understandable, maybe, that you would feel that way. Given what I know about you, this behavior or response makes sense. 
that you would have a hard time with this. That's validation, which is a very, very, very unlearned and underrated skill most adults do not understand or master, right? So if you don't know how to do this well, you are in the major majority. (laughs) There's no reason why you should be able to at this point. Number three, so for explaining way before, then validating, then we're problem solving. So with my clients in positive discipline, I teach a collaborative problem solving approach. That means that you see everything as a problem to solve with your child, that you're on their team and you're helping them identify and work with and problem solve a certain circumstance, a limiting factor, a rule that can't be broken, a situation that has come up that they have to be able to acknowledge and then work around. This is a life skill that we need to model and teach. And we can do that in tens and tens of uh, moments throughout the day. But then we're going to problem solve with them rather than creating a me versus you. It's us against the problem. And then step four is empower. We're going to empower your child with next steps with dignity that allows them to engage in solving the problem and have dignity in the way that they move forward that helps them regain a a shared sense of understanding and control and allows them to work their way back, to make amends, to move forward in a way that uh, is not leaving them feeling disempowered and discouraged and feeds the vicious cycle of where that behavior might have been coming from in the first place and instead allows them to see that that their actions do have consequences and they have choice in their actions that create different results and there are other avenues that they can take that feel really good and that makes it more likely that they'll choose those next time so that next time actually does go differently and better than this time as opposed to repeating the groundhog day tomorrow. So the main takeaway message that your child receives from this approach from you is rather than a one that says, hey, you understand me. Instead, in this approach, you're saying, I understand you. Do you see how powerful that shift is from understand me to I understand you? So let's look at them again to compare and contrast. The before is a reaction, a direction, an explanation, and manipulation, right? And the message is you understand me versus... The second approach could be an explanation, validation, problem solving, and empowering. And the takeaway message being, I understand you. Now, how do you actually do that? That's what I teach. That is the kind and firm approach. That whole idea of walking the line between 
validation and high expectations, a warm responsiveness and firm boundaries. And if that hasn't been modeled for you, if you haven't been under a mentorship where this was done really well, how can you know how to do that? Okay, how can you, right? This is something I had to learn. My husband had to learn. All the clients, that hundreds of families that I've worked with up until this point have learned for the first time. And when they do, it unlocks everything, right? A whole new understanding of their role as a parent, entirely different toolkit of strategies, a transformed relationship with their child and kids and partner and work colleagues and friends. They use it on each other. They improve their marriage. This is a huge life skill that I'm probably underplaying by just saying that it works in your relationship of parenting your strong-willed child. But that is where I have seen a huge, huge, huge amount of transformation and change in the families I've worked with. And that is what I am here on this earth to help families do. So if and when you and your family are ready to implement this, to actually learn how to do it, to be able to know how to in every circumstance and have the nuanced tweaking and troubleshooting and problem solving of seeing what you cannot see for yourself, all the blind spots that are keeping you stuck, that are sabotaging you, that feel like you're trying to do this, but it does not feel like it's working. The outcomes are not there or the other things you've tried are just not there. Feels like you've tried everything, but nothing is working. But if you are ready to have the support you deserve, to truly take this on and individualize it for your family, not only for today and tomorrow, but for 10 years down the road, then it's time to have a conversation, right? A lot of families do this work over the summer so that they are at an entirely different place when school starts because nothing feels better than knowing you've done everything you can do as a parent to set your child up for the success that they need to have in the environments that are expecting even more out of them. And when your child spends more time at school, that means that their time home with you is even more condensed and concentrated, which means if they're struggling now, the behaviors they're going to experience then are even more potent. And that is difficult for both of you. You don't want to spend your short afternoons and weeknights struggling both having a really, really hard time when all you need is is time with each other, truly. You want to be able to have the freedom to live your life more on your terms and have more fun as a family. That is so possible by shifting this approach. And it's more than tips and tricks. It is a paradigm shift. It is looking at everything you're doing and changing it entirely, (laughs) which takes time. You can't do this. Rome is not built in one day, which is why we work together for three months. There is no way you can expect anything different out of yourself, okay? So if you are ready to change the way that you parent entirely and do it with your partner or without your partner, either way, totally feasible. You deserve support, especially if your partner is not on board. 
But let's just have a conversation, schedule your consultation, and I will never, ever, ever make you feel like you are obligated or pressured to work together. That is where we need to figure out if we're a a perfect fit. And if we are a perfect fit, then we'll talk through all the details of how to make the timing and the payment plans and all that good stuff work for you, okay? So I am so excited to be able to have a conversation to meet you I am so honored that you are a part of this podcast and you are tuning in and you are following and your child is so lucky to have you seeking out these resources and working to do better one day at a time. I am here to support you, friend, and uh, schedule your consultation at using the link in the show notes. It is wholeheartedly.as.me slash call. I believe in you and I'm cheering you on. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Failing Motherhood. Your kids are so lucky to have you. If you loved this episode, take a screenshot right now and share it in your Instagram stories and tag me. If you're loving the podcast, be sure that you've subscribed and leave a review so we can help more moms know that they are not alone if they feel like they're failing motherhood on a daily basis. And if you're ready to transform your relationship with your strong-willed child, and invest in the support you need to make it happen. Schedule your free consultation using the link in the show notes. I can't wait to meet you. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. I believe in you, and I'm cheering you on.